You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone. I am so excited because I have Joe Rocky on the line and he's here to talk to us about sales, which is something that I am no expert in, which we had our conversation before we hit record. So I'm excited to hear what he has to say about this. So, hey, Joe, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So why don't we just hop right in? Because I know you have a lot of stuff to cover. So first and foremost, um, when we're talking to entrepreneurs, so that's mostly who listens to this podcast, why is sales important for them to navigate and tackle? Sure. So first off, it's hard enough being an entrepreneur. I'm with you guys. I've started my first thing was 11 years ago that I built from scratch. So I am one of the few who have made something from scratch and made a win. So reason it's all because of sales, right? At the end of the day, if there's not enough money coming in the door, you don't have anything because we all know this is a hard, hard game. It's not easy like the TV makes it look. It's very difficult. And there's lots of nights where you don't sleep. And there's lots of nights where you have stress and take over. And sales really are the reward at the end of that tunnel. They are what keeps everything going. Um, and, and you have to know how to do them. So at the end of the day, when we look at a sales cycle, there's basically three components, right? You first have to get people into your bakery. You have to have people give you money for the donuts. And then you have to give them good donuts. I, I mean, any industry falls in that category. Those are the three things. Now, the way that the human mind and personality is developed, there is not a person on the planet who is capable of doing all three of those things, period, at least at an elite level. So if you try to do all three of those things, you're going to be excelling in one area, probably averages in another and hating life in the third. And each of us and the fun part is different about which one of those three we'll be good at, which is awesome. So what I say as a starting point is know what you're good at, at least from a personality standpoint. There's plenty of personality profiles out there that can teach you that if you've never been a salesperson before. But that's what I would recommend is you want to start by knowing your strengths. If you're already in a pipeline where you know where you're at, like what I'm good at, what I'm not, depending upon how your company is structured, I recommend having partners or employees on a highly or not only commission base for the first two elements, for filling the calendar, making sure people are coming into the donut shop and doing the actual sales. Because as we grow, you can't keep having equity partners here and there. I mean, if you have 100 people in your company and 30 of them are in sales, which might actually be low on the percentage side, um, you can't have them all being equity partners. It's a problem. So you have them all on a high commission-based system. And it's remarkable that if people are incentivized correctly, you will get them to where they go. But not to get into the whole management side of the conversation, the point being you're not going to be good at every element of the sales cycle. Get people that are highly good at it already and pay them accordingly because the one thing you cannot cheap out on is your sales. And if it means having a lower margin but much more sales, your net profit increases. Obviously, that's a very basic accounting formula that, I could walk people through and do on the talks, but we're not going to do that here. Um, The point being, you will make more money by paying someone a lot of money. And that's really how economies grow and that's how businesses grow. And you need to get over that hurdle that in the beginning, you might be paying someone more than yourself. But in the long run, that will change dramatically. 
Mm, so now that you say that, I have more questions around sure. that. So, um, <laughs> so like, let's say, okay, so I know, for instance, myself, I'm good at getting people in the bakery and I'm good at giving them a great donut, but I am not good at selling it to them. Sure. Um, and so if I wanted to hire someone, so I hear you say, you know, do a hundred percent commission. What, um, what, commission percentage from our product or service, I guess, is industry standard or what would be um, sufficient um, for someone? That's going to vary based upon each. Unfortunately, that one doesn't have a blanket answer. (laughs) So (laughs) what what, it kind of comes down to at the end of the day is finding, figuring out how many actual opportunities are you going to be giving this person to complete? And then what I kind of work in reverse for is figure out what is the number that someone would want to work for you that they're going to say yes, no matter how bad of a boss you are? Like you can be the worst person on this planet. If they get to that number, they won't care. Then I go, okay, so that's like the, if they are the hundred percent best employee and they convert a hundred percent of these opportunities, which is impossible. Don't don't think that's relevant either. Um, But if they would, they'll get to that number and never be on that number. Cause at that point you're just creating false expectations. So then we step back into reality. So in reality, most people who are doing this gig are making, I'm just gonna make up numbers here, like 50 grand a year. So, okay, so 50, that's kind of the realistic target. For the qualified people you're giving them, we're gonna say that your average person would be able to close 65% of these. So you just do the math. I'm giving them 100 opportunities. 65% of them should be able to close. So therefore, as a starting employee, I'll give them what would be equal to a thousand per closing. So if you're making 5,000 revenue for the whole company, that's not just for you because obviously there's overhead and all that stuff. So if you're bringing in 5,000 for each one of their sales, you're giving a thousand to them and they are able to do 65. Well, now they're already 15, 15 grand ahead of where they are and there's room for them to incentivize to get higher. So that's how I kind of walk through that program with people. Then, of course, at the end of the day, instead of you missing out on those opportunities, because if you're not able to close 65% of them, it's worth you to pay literally 65 grand to make that extra five grand per clip. So your net profit goes up. In the beginning, you might be paying that person more than you're paying yourself. But you can really quickly see as you scale it, how much it grows. And then at the end of the day, that's how you scale your company. You just more people doing what you're doing in terms of filling the calendar, more people completing the sales and just make sure you have a really good bakery on the back end that keeps uh, pumping out the donuts. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So now let's say, okay, I got all of that. I'm like, okay, this is how I back into paying this person. Now, how do I find this person? So like as an entrepreneur, how do you find good salespeople? (laughs) Okay. Well, the first thing is you have to be judgmental. Let's be a hundred percent. Everything in society and the news says you shouldn't judge people. That's out the window. As a business owner, you kind of will learn that thing or you will fail. So the reality is then what do we judge people upon? So to be successful in the specific chunk you're talking about, actually completing the sale, someone's given me a lead and now I got to turn into money. So what we need to have in that individual is someone who's willing to deal with rejection and a lot of it. Um, that's, that comes with, that comes with the territory of all sales. 
uh, but particularly the first two funnels of it, dealing with filling up the calendar and dealing with it. Because as I said, it's unrealistic that someone's going to have a 100% closing rate. No one has that. Um, so you need to have someone who can deal with realistic rejection and not implode. So mental toughness, resiliency, whatever you call that word, you need to be able to spot that in someone. You need to be able to spot the self-starting element to it that most business owners have. And unfortunately, we just assume everyone else has it. But the reality is no. That's part of where putting them on 100% commission kind of funnels them to do that way. Because when you say 100% commission and they're um, immediately on board, that's your person. Like, like, like you want someone who wants to be more commissioned because they're self-governor. They know they'll be able to do it. Um, you know, you obviously you need to have a very good upfront contract. I'm going to give you this many prospects. You're going to need to convert them this amount to them. And this is where you'll end up. But if you're better, this is here. Um, as a business strategy, this is a little bit of a side, I'll, I'll get, but I want to put it in here now. You need to know what your pricing schedule is going to be to your clients because all of, or most of us rather, can make up our prices as we go. Um, and you want to know how you're going to do that. That's its own discussion and talk that you know, we don't have time for now, but something to think about. Um, but when you're having your employee, you want to make sure that they, they're able to listen. I mean, that's obviously important. You don't want them going rogue and trying to sell something that you're not capable of delivering on. Um, so so it, it's all basic kind of things. Are they going to be integrity? Are they going to be a self-starter? Are they going to be able to handle um, resiliency and handle the rejection? Um, and then are they someone who's just willing to go out and do it? I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it can be lonesome being out there on the road, just constantly hustling. But some people are capable. Some people love that life. Some people are scared to death of it. And it's a small poll, too, because it's less than 10% of this population will live on commission in any format, let alone 100%. So... But if you could find that person, that's why you need to make sure that the capability of them making a ton of money is always on the table because they then will take themselves inevitably, you know, a year or so in to where they will be forever. And as long as your math is right getting there, everything will be perfect, especially if you're able to periodically raise your prices. So then they're also getting a raise without you're making more money, they're making more money, and you don't need to hire someone new. So that's the joy of being able to say, hey, we're now making like really super good donuts here. Instead of charging five bucks, now we're going to charge 12 and or, you know, maybe five to seven. But whatever you get that core percentage, that person gets those profits kickled down to them as well. Um, so it's something to, to look for. Um, it, it's, it's harder to do than it is to say. There's no doubt about that. To find someone who's driven, someone who's willing to live on commission um, and someone who's who's going to listen to you. Those are, are three components that don't always come together, but that's really essentially the most important triangle when we're talking about that middle component of the person who's going to complete the uh, complete the process there. And being a little bit of personable kind of comes with that territory, but it's also essential. You want the person to have a little bit of personality that they can relate with other people. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So what I got from that um, also was that you need to have your pricing together. Mm -hmm. And I know um, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that because um, I've heard a lot of talk. Um, and then also I've had a few episodes on pricing and it's always a struggle to figure out, okay, what do I price my products? Am I pricing too high? Am I pricing too low? And so that's the first step. And then the second step would be to find that person. Now, when we're talking to entrepreneurs, when would you say is the absolute um, 
like when would you, when should we be thinking about hiring a salesperson? Like, is it once we are a year in, three years in? Uh, you know, what what does that look like to you? Before the thing's built, um, it's it, it's the most important entity of this. See, most people want to build the bakery because they make out awesome donuts. The bakery that lasts the longest is not the one with the best donuts. It's the one that sells the most donuts. You know, we, I, I know I can think of this. The company that did my wedding, like the best wedding cake I've ever had in my life. They don't exist anymore because they couldn't sell enough wedding cakes, period. They were better than the other ones I've had since then, but they couldn't figure out how to get it done. So at the end of the day, most people start a business because they have the back end. They have the product in mind. But unless you have the front end, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it's it's literally that straightforward. So you need to have it up front. Um, on the sale, on the pricing side, um, I, I don't know what advice had already been given. But the one thing that most people get caught up in is they look at themselves when they're determining the price. And price, in my opinion, should never be viewed upon yourself. It's what is the market saying it should be. So look at if you're in a limited local area, like a bakery inherently is, you know, you don't see Amazon shipping around donuts across the world. It's basically your foot traffic or whatever. You just go, well, what's everyone else charging? Is mine better than them? And then you make a guesstimate of how much more, and then you charge that much better accordingly. Like I feel I'm a 30% better donut, so I'm going to charge 20% more than my competition. So there's still that value equation, which people say, I don't necessarily agree with, but at the end of the day, it, it will be a starting point in people's heads. And then once you have a consistent base, you can just gradually increment it as the cost of your materials go up, um, which everyone else will be doing anyway. So what I always say to do is have the highest quality of whatever you're doing, be the best at it, then you can charge the most. And then you are setting everything from there. Um, because if you are the absolute best, people are always willing to pay for it. There's that perception of you get what you pay for will be the one that's worth being paying for it. Um, and that's where most entrepreneurs want to make the best donut. So get paid for it accordingly. And at the end of the day, if it costs you 30 cents to make that donut, you're charging nine bucks. That's what the market says that that most people have this like mental block, like I'm not going to it only cost me like a buck. Like, why would I charge nine? Because because that's how business works. And that's what people are willing to spend for it. Remember, every business owner from a salesperson is caught in this same basic economic problem. Employees want to be paid infinity and employers want to pay zero. Customers want to pay zero and companies want to charge infinity. The reality of a market system is figuring out where do the two cross over and add a percentage that makes enough people want to work. So... That's something to, to think about in mind. So like I said, I, I go through all of this so we can get in much better detail, but that's one thing I do want to comment about, about the price side. But in terms of when should we get our sales for sales idea in mind, you need to have the sales funnel and sales pipeline idea in mind of how to do it really before you start. Because without it, you're not going to last as long as the lease you're going to sign. Mm, mm, okay, so homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I definitely need to hop on that. Uh, so thank you so much, Joe, for sharing all of your knowledge here today. I definitely learned a lot. I'm walking away with homework because I do not have a salesperson and I probably needed one years ago when I started. Um, so I'm definitely hopping on that. But if people are interested in finding out more about you or learning more about sales from you, where would they find you? Well, I'll give you the link to put in the description. So, so, you, so you can find all of us at the website. Um, 
you can reach out to me at either one of my two podcasts that I do. It's called, well, first one's called Father and Joe. Um, that's where we talk with a, a priest and most people get this like a little shuddering, like, oh, I don't want to talk about God or Jesus and stuff because they remember something that was painful from them in their past, which is normal. We all have that. But what we do at this show is we discuss how to deal with that relationship with ourselves, how to grow from it, and then enhancing our relationships with ourselves and then our relationships with other people is ultimately how you make society better. So that's really what, what the entire show, it's been five years coming out every Tuesday about that. Then obviously the umbrella of underneath God applies to it, but it's not necessarily always the focal point. The point is how to make our relationships with ourselves and our relationships with others better. Uh, the second podcast that I do is a YouTube-based show. It's called Local Football Flavor, where we talk to local fans about their teams. You got the Vikings right there. Oh, uh, obviously, I'm <laughs> in Pittsburgh. So that that's what we do. So you get a little snapshot of, like, what is it like being a Carolina Panthers fan? What's it like being here and there? To really get more information. And obviously, the more information we have, like, when we know that this coach always does this in this situation or this coach, like, says on paper he likes this receiver but he never gives them the ball that kind of knowledge really does help whenever you're you know drafting people or you know doing betting or, or whatever you might be doing so it's a very fun thing we do four main shows on it but that's the overview of the channel nice nice and do you have a website or anything that people can or social media because I have found okay. reading websites is not profitable. Click the link in below and you'll be better off. Okay. Awesome. Well, I will have that in the show notes. And thank you so much again, Joe. This is a pleasure and I hope to see you soon. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at MoneyTalkWithT.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. Thank you.